Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's me, Victoria. How are you? I am great. It's late and past my bedtime, but I am doing fine. Or maybe I'm delirious. Well, doesn't matter. I'm going with it. I'm also going to be at Gen Con. Uh, Thursday, I'll be on a panel with the RPG Academy for beginner DMs. We are sold out, so they gave us a bigger room. There are about 20 seats left, I believe. We'll be in the Western Grand Ballroom, I think number three. It is on the Gen Con website. You can take a look at that. On Friday, I'll be with Hello from the Magic Tavern for their live show. It's off-site and tickets are through Ticketmaster. Okay, I'm going to be real here. This podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern, is the show that got me into podcasts. It is the podcast that made me think, wow, I like this medium. This is fun. I want to listen to more of this stuff. Um, so, so to be a part of their show and even though it's a small role, but you know, being on it, I'm, I'm flabbergasted and I'm excited and I really don't believe it. So thanks peeps for inviting me to be on your show. That's amazing. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Saturday, I'll be with the folks from God's Fall Dungeon Rats and Neo Scum on a panel about developing long form narratives for RPG podcasts. And then Sunday morning, I'll be talking about my DM process alongside other DMs, such as Travis McElroy. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're really looking forward to meeting all of you. Okay, you've listened to me enough. Um, why don't we just get to it? Eulares, Kila, and Maypri have finally made it to the Vremyoni stronghold. Eulares steals herself from meeting her father, while Kila and Maypri explore the Rashemi Keep. Will this meeting live up to Eulares' expectations? Or will she be let down? You're listening to... The Broadswords. Starring Kristen Flemons as Yulares, the half-elf wizard witch. What, what did you do? Tracy Gibbons as Keela, the high-elf bard. 
Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Bianca Zelda as May Pri, the tiefling barbarian. I'm always down for talking to strangers. And me, Victoria, your DM. You have been on the road north for the last six days. So much for the three-day forecast of what it would take for you to travel northwards. But it has been snowing heavily. The roads are full of snow, and this isn't a day and age where there's snow plows. So your horses are going to have to plow themselves through the roads. And that's what's taking everything so long to travel. Jandar, he runs a really tight group. And you only rest when it's absolutely necessary. There's been no baths, <laughs> um, save for a quick washing down if you're willing to crack the ice in a stream and wash in the frigid water. Um, and you, you just really want to get the hell off this road at this point. So it is a relief when, as you round a bend, you see the stark, tall walls of the Vremyani stronghold looming over you. The road leads to a chasm that separates you from this stronghold. This chasm is probably a good 40 feet wide. Jandar dismounts and takes out flint from his pack and his steel dagger from his belt. And with practiced movement, he strikes him over a stone brazier. Um, and the oil ignites and the beacon shines in the falling snow. After a few moments, there is a sound from across the chasm. And a bridge is slowly lowered. And you hear the clunk of the chain as it is turned by a crank on the other side. This bridge is very narrow and in fact horses can only go single file down it and the the carts of supplies that you are carrying you now realize why they themselves are so narrow and as you slowly cross this bridge and into the courtyard of the stronghold you see four masked men and one masked woman waiting for you they speak quietly with jandar and the woman raises her eyes and looks straight at you, Eularis. She wears a hawk mask and she wears a brown plain robe. I'll, I'm just sort of staring directly back and standing as sort of tall and haughtily as I can. She doesn't say anything and instead some servants come out and they usher you into the stronghold where you're brought to a big hall where it's like a common room with trestle tables and this is where everyone would eat. Um, your, your entire group is given a dinner of stew in bread bowls and you're offered flagons of ale to wash it down with. The stew tastes mostly of turnips and potatoes, but it is hot and filling. So I know why I want to be here. But I'm going to look, I say that, and I look to Maypri and, uh, and Keela 
What are you two seeking? I've got a mouthful of this um, stew, and I'm mm, no, I'm just really here for the potatoes. Um, you'll have to get back to me on that one. There's a lot of potatoes everywhere, my pretty. I'll take a swallow. Yeah, no, it's um, this place is nice. It's a little chilly, but I don't really recall what um, what I was here to find. Keila, how about you? I have a question. Is it just the three of us at the table right now, or is Jandar and the, <clears throat> the rest of the travelers sitting with us? The other travelers are there, but they are seated in their own table. The three of you are kind of off on your own. So Keila's going to lean in towards Maypreen and Larry's, and she's going to kind of, her, her gaze is going to dart side to side, looking in case anybody's listening. And she's going to gesture for them to lean in as well. And then in very low tones say, I'm looking for a set of bagpipes. A set of bagpipes? Here? In the stronghold? I I don't know if they're here, but they're somewhere. And I'm going to find them. I It could take me days. It could take me years. I don't care. I'm going to find them. We're more than happy to help. I mean, we can question just about everybody in town if that gets you your bagpipes. I, I'm hoping to ask around and see if anybody might know of their whereabouts, but I have a feeling we don't need to ask everyone. I mean, really, there's, there's the, the right people to ask and the wrong people to ask. But do you have intelligence that you're following that your bagpipe hunt has led you to Rashomon? To, to this place? I I received some intelligence that they were in Rashomon, but to be honest with you, I don't know exactly where around here that they are. And you've both been not awful company. You, you keep me you keep me entertained. And if it gives me an excuse to travel and ask around and maybe get one step closer, then I'll take it. Thank you, Keila. You, too, are not awful company, despite the first impressions. I would like to reach out and grab both your hands. I think you're both lovely, so thanks for traveling with me. I will I will pat Maypri on, on her hand, and uh, sort of awkwardly, but I'm not used to spending so much time with people necessarily, but... Spending time with the two of you has not been terrible, and I'm thankful you're still here. And I will say, you're among the only people I've met who haven't asked me to sing. So, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I never want to hear you sing. No, you, you truly don't. We were warned. I think we'll take that warning to heart. You are brought to a, almost like a barracks-style room to sleep in. It's like a big long hall with rows of beds. And there there isn't huge amounts of privacy, but this place as you're seeing it is very much a f- functional kind of place. This is a stronghold, this is a keep. Um so the there's a lot of twists and turns and weird corridors that lead upstairs and downstairs and it's really just made to confound any enemies who have broken inside this place. So this is where you are staying and the rest of the group from 
Erling is staying in these kind of barracks with you. Yalaris, in the morning, you are woken just before dawn by a nudge on your shoulder. <laughs> and like, kind of like hit the hand and like, what's, go away, sleeping. I don't think Yalaris is a morning person. It's time, Yalaris. And through your sleepy blinking eyes, you see Hathrin Mesa, the woman with the hawk mask who had stared at you when you entered the courtyard. All right. All right. Give me a second. Um, I'll sort of stumble out of bed and, and pull on some robes and uh, follow her. She brings you down winding halls and staircases into what you think would be deeper into the side of the mountain. There are no more windows, no arrow. What do they call arrow slots? There's an actual word mm -hmm. for that. Arrow slit. Yeah. That place where you shoot arrows yeah. out in a castle wall. There's no more of those. Yes. Um, and finally, you are led to a door. She stands outside of that door, does not say a word, but gives you a nod. I'll push the door open. The room inside is small windowless, but it is brightly lit with torches and there is a merry fire burning in the corner. There are furs strewn over the floor. A male half-elf dressed in fur dyed black is hunched over a wooden table, quill in hand, as he makes notes in a leather-bound book. He wears... A raccoon mask. He does not pay any attention to your entrance. Yalaris, can you please give me a perception check? Absolutely. Ten? Something is weird about him. You can't really place your finger on it, but something is definitely off. Hmm. I'm just going to clear my throat loudly. I, uh... Generally not accustomed to being ignored. Especially, like, there's been all this pomp and circumstance, it's time, led to the door, grand entrance, and I think I'm expecting sort of more of a a moment. I'm just gonna... <clears throat> you hear the quill stop, writing in the book. The head turns up. You see eyes that are surprised, then followed with sadness. Uh, I close the book. And I stand up. Would you like some tea? Yes, tea would be lovely. Were you expecting me? Did they tell you I was coming? No, I recognize you. Do, do you know me? Do you know who I am? Are you the daughter of Nayeva? I am. And you see a bit of uh, shock and almost anxiety uh, come about his face what you can see through his raccoon mask he turns he turns around to grab a a cup of tea from a kettle that he has already has for the morning um pours you a cup and uh walks over to you to present it and as you uh you 
I, I guess as you as you watch him do this, um, you hear chains grinding on the ground. Do I see chains? You do. You see a a long chain, and it leads from bolted to the stone floor in the corner, and it leads to his ankle. Um, I'll step forward and. I'm gonna just check over my shoulder. Is uh is the Hathorn in the hawk mask still in the hall or is she gone? She's gone. I'm gonna pull the door close behind me and step forward and and take the cup of tea and be like why why are why are you chained? And meanwhile, like my heart is is pounding. This nightmare is returning to me and I'm Yeah, this is making me very anxious. He he looks down at the chain. I've I've lost control recently. Are there um, seats in the room that? Uh, I would say there's like a, a next to across uh, against the far wall, um, behind the desk that I was at. Um, there is what would be a sofa almost, um, something that is just large, long, and just cushions. It's multicolored, um, but it is comfortable nonetheless. I'll sort of give it sort of a, a double take, but uh, sink down into it with my tea and sort of just stare into the tea for a bit and back at you go, this is not the reunion I was expecting. Uh, what do you mean you lost control? Bronley against culture right now takes off his mask in front of you and you see scraggly beard black beard with a long but not like super long but eight inch long hair that is uh, salt and pepper and it's uh, sort of pulled back in a ponytail you see these really sad eyes a lot of uh, eyes full of regret I didn't expect to ever see you I was told I would never see you but here we are did your, did your mother tell you what happened? She told me almost nothing. All I know that is my grandfather is forbidden that we speak anything about my father, the vagrant who brought this bastard into his family. And From what I did, I completely understand why he would hate my guts. What did you do? Maypri and Keela. You've been woken up, you've had a wonderful breakfast, along with everyone else, in the hall, and the hall at breakfast time is very bright, it's very loud, and there are probably a solid 150 people all in this hall along these long trestle tables. After breakfast, the two of you are escorted to a comfortable sitting room. There are two chairs by a large stone fireplace with a chessboard between them. One wall is covered floor to ceiling with books, while the opposite is adorned with various weapons. In the far corner is a simple wooden desk with writing supplies neatly kept on its top right corner, and there are no windows in this room either. You are left there alone. All right, Keela, what do you think? Why why do you think we're brought here? I mean, check this room. Do you think there's a chance we were brought here to play some chess? 
I have no idea how to play chess. I I can see it already. Like, I'm just going to lose. Okay, let's try this. And then Keela's going to walk over to one of the chairs in front of the chessboard and take a seat and pick the chessboard up. And then in its place, put down her set of dice. I gave my dice to Yulari's. <laughs> <laughs> and Yulari's really likes dragon chess. Damn it. It's okay. I bring around a spare set with me. Oh, excellent. All right. What are we gambling on? What are the wagers? Uh, let's keep it small. Five coppers. I can do that. <laughs> Five coppers. Those are plain pennies. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, well, you know something what? Something small. Keela, Keela, like, she's okay with gambling, but she also is, uh, she likes to really hold on to her money. So mm. she enjoys the You've got a pouch gambling. of stones. But pretty blue stones. Yeah. I don't know what that is. How do you forget those? You got that pouch of blue you stones. You stole them on yeah. the You don't know what episode. they are. <laughs> My pouch of pretty <laughs> stones. I forgot about that. Yeah. That you couldn't identify. Alright, you guys play your sad little game for five coppers. Yeah. I just really want an excuse to roll some dice. Four. Eleven. <laughs> hand those coppers over. I, I accept my laws and hand over my coppers. Alright, I can buy a quarter of a drink, so we're we're almost there. May Pri, if you could have one thing in the world right now, what would it be? I already have the one thing that I would want, and that's my freedom. How how about you? Do you have any vast desires? I mean, Jungwe, we all have vast desires, right? I mean, there's the small desires, there's a warm bed, there's warm stew that has meat in it, and preferably not turnips, but, you know, you take what you can get, right? A good song, I could I could always go for a good song. But there's, there's someone. The bagpipes, of course. But it's more the someone. Are you looking for that someone? Could I help you find them? They're gone. Oh. And sometimes it feels foolish to want something that you can never have again. And I think that's why I try not to think about it. Because why would you want to yearn for something that you could never have? But... Sometimes you can't help yourself. Hi, I'm gonna do a little interrupting here, but it's for good stuff. If you haven't checked out Wormwood, you definitely should. They make quality wooden gaming accessories. They're gorgeous. You've seen their beauties on shows like Critical Role. If you want some free shipping, go use the promo code BROADSQUAD. And for you wonderful people outside of the US of A, like us broads, use the promo code BROADSQUAD10 to get $10 off international shipping. And if you want dice, and who doesn't, go over to Tabletop Loot and use our promo code BROADSQUAD to get 15% off all dice orders. Some really exciting news, just exciting news all the time, apparently, because this is life now. I don't understand. How did this happen? I don't know. I really, really, truly don't. But we are going to be at PodCon as special guests. That event is in Seattle, uh, January 19th and 20th of 2019. So it's, you know, like, right, uh, well, 
six months away. Uh, So please go to the Indiegogo site and pledge to help this great podcasting con, you know, be really awesome. Uh, There's going to be shows like Welcome to Night Vale, The Adventure Zone, Hello from the Magic Tavern, My Brother, My Brother and Me, The Stoop, Dear Hank and John, The Bright Sessions, Delete This, The Black Tapes, Oh No, Ross and Carrie, 99% Invisible, and others. Last year was a great event. Kristen went on a scholarship before the Broadswords was really a thing. She had a lot of fun. So go help fund this so more people can go who otherwise wouldn't be able to go. Okay, enough of me. Let's get back to the story. What what did you do? I get up and I put down my tea on the desk and I sit down next to Larry's. But now I can't I can't look at her. So they didn't tell you anything, anything at all about about what happened. Not, I didn't even know your name. Okay, um, let's start from the basics then. Uh, I'm Bronley. <laughs> Hello. And what is your name? I'll extend my hand. Yelarius? And he, he he nods enthusiastically because he he is very nervous right now. This is a lot of it's a lot of pent up emotion that um has been suppressed for years and years and years. So he's just trying hard to compose himself amongst everything. I uh I was raised in in my young days here in Rashomon. When they found out that I had arcane tendencies, they gave me a choice to be here or to leave. I was I stayed here for a few years, and then I decided to leave because I wanted to see what else there was out there. I managed to make my way all the way to Waterdeep, and I was a servant, actually, for here and there. Um, I was actually a servant a lot of times in the city house, the Roaring Horn city house. I think Yaleri's face goes white at that. <laughs> Your mother had the most respect out of anybody I've met for any servant around her. Anybody, doesn't matter what race, elf, human, dwarf, gnome, she was respectful to every single one of them. She's a wonderful woman. She she certainly is. Anytime she went to any sort of gala or ball or had a party... Um, at the Roaring Horns uh, City Palace, anywhere else even. Um, I was typically serving or, or s- serving some sort of food, cleaning up, doing dishes here and there. But one of the things that that I noticed from her was she never, ever took any seriousness out of any of the suitors because she could just see right through. Like, they just wanted to be they just wanted to be part of the Roaring Horn name. They just wanted to be part of the house and part of that nobility. She didn't care about who who to seek after. She was her own person. <laughs> and he looks at you. Are you still like super pale white right now with with the situation or No, I think now that you're uh, you're talking about my mother, I'm a little sort of misty-eyed and sort of caught up in the story. 
I, uh, I heard one of the suitors was bragging about going to the academy. <sighs> I, I wanted to see if he really was. And he didn't have any, any magical capabilities at all. Like, nothing on him. So, I cast a little spell. It was an illusion, because he wouldn't know any different. And his pants were on fire. <laughs> I think Hilarious is actually dropping her tea at this. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I really appreciate this a lot. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I just made a mess all over your beautiful couch. It's it's no, it's okay, it's okay. Um and he he goes over and picks up some more tea and hands it hands it to you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So when he ran out from that, I uh, I picked up his clothes because he didn't want them on him, <laughs> and I went into a closet and changed into his clothes. Went up to Nyeva and and asked her to dance. She recognized me. She knew I was a servant. She could have called me out in front of everybody, but she didn't. And that's why grandfather hated you? Mm, no. That's the beginning of probably why your grandfather hated me. <laughs> <sighs> to strong beginnings. I like tip my teacup, but gonna cheers. Um, and I and I cheers right back to you. Maypri and Keela. You have been whiling the last hour away doing what? Chatting with our favorite animals. Um, we talked about the weather for a little while. I lost some more coppers to her. Is there a door that we're waiting? Like, we were brought into a room, but there is like a, another door that like this leads into, or is this just like a one off room? Yeah, you're just, you're hanging out in a room. Like, you don't live here. You don't have anywhere, any, like, a place. So this is the room that they gave you to say, hey, you can hang out here. But, I mean, you can go wherever you want. You're not a prisoner. You're not locked in. You're just shown a comfortable room to hang out in. I'm always down for talking to strangers. Let's go. Let's do it. And then Keela quickly stands up and marches out the door with her dice. Yolaris and Bronley. You have been talking, you have been reminiscing. What did you do? After I ran off with Nyeva, we uh we traveled up and down the storm coast. We went all over, but we found we found an altar with this beaten up book on it. It had a mithril arrow in the front right before the book. And I looked through it and I I couldn't understand any of the scripts, so we just kind of left it alone. And I didn't think anything about it until I started feeling a presence. And it just, it was there, and I didn't like it, and it wasn't me. But it just kept growing slowly. After about a week, I was afraid of what that presence could be, because we have spirits all over the place here in Rashman. It could be any number of things. And if any of those things could put your, your mother in danger, 
I would not be able to forgive myself. So one night we we had we had taken to uh, uh, we were we were set up in a uh, barn. Our horses were being fed. There's a couple of farmers that were very generous for us, and I uh, I left. You just left. Yeah. I couldn't, I have something, I had some sort of spirit growing inside of me. I don't know what it could be, what it could do. You still don't know? When I got back to Rashomon, because I came here to have them help me, I sent your mother a, a letter that said, once I am able to get this out of me, I don't even know what it is that I would I would come back to Waterdeep, come back to her when it's safe. And I've been working on that for a while now. Um I want to start concentrating on the quickening as he's talking, as he starts talking about a spirit and uh see if I can um peer into the ethereal plane. See if uh, I'm not finding this very satisfying, this information, or lack thereof. What does it look like when you do that? How do you prepare that? Um, I'm going to sort of just set my tea down and sort of like sit back. And I'm going to like, to the best of my abilities, just look still like I'm just listening. But I think my eyes might sort of unfocus a little bit and sort of stare a little bit past him. And just sort of like my breathing slows and uh, start trying to like peer between the planes. He is possessed. You can see the outline of this being, the spirit inside of him. It, it sees you. It, it can see everything that he can see, but he, you can tell, like it, it doesn't have control right now it wants mm -hmm. control you can see it's straining it wants to control him what does it look like like a black mass i'm gonna speak to it i'm assuming i'm sort of speaking in the regular world as well so this might be a little bit confusing but i'm gonna i'm gonna say who are you? What are you? There is a knock at the door. I knock louder then since no one's coming to the door. I know his chain isn't that short. <laughs> <laughs> Bronley gets up and opens up the door and is... Uh, uh, sees Kennethar and realizes that he doesn't have his mask on when he approached the door and is like looking around really quickly and he gestures uh, for you to come in. And I go into the room, slide in, kind of pressed against the wall so you don't have to open the door entirely. I get the urgency right away. No mask is usually bad times, right? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's not proper. I, I quickly close the door. I'm 
I feel like Bronley would be very familiar with with wizards doing quickening mm-hmm. spells. Yeah, probably. Pro- probably for the last twenty years, he's showing Kennethar. This is my daughter. Lovely. Hello, I'm Kennethar, and I'll kind of walk over. You know, try to hold my posture as elegantly, like that didn't just take me off guard because I keep it together. She's she's trying to see she's trying to see the spirit in me right now. Oh, good. I will observe this behavior. At the knock on the door, I probably like looked over my shoulder and I think in order to maintain quickening, you have to remain still. So that mm-hmm. probably broke it. I think so too. So I am probably just like a little like <sighs> trying not to like show frustration, but I'll like take a second to like regain my composure and stand up with all of my most aristocratic lady leanness and like extend my hand. A pleasure. I'm Yalaris. And Kennethar, you said. Yes, yes, indeed. And I'll take her hand in the culturally appropriate way. <laughs> and what kind of mask does Kennethar wear? Um, so they don't have to necessarily be um, animal-themed, correct? Or do they? It doesn't have to be. But it does tend to The be. one I had thought of, um, so it, it follows a lot of the same patterns of Kennethar's actual face, so kind of thin, high-cheek-boned, you know, kind of long face, and at all of the natural curvature points, like, and around the eyes and everything, it, it's carved in, like, really decorative clouds that are kind of grayish and purple and painted in these um, kind of gradients going from bottom to top. That's super cool. Uh, uh, would, would, would you like some tea, Kenathar? And I immediately start going over to the to the tea to the tea kettle as well. <laughs> Are we down a glass? Y- y- yes, but um, uh, I'm sure I'm sure we can get a replacement soon. Oh, sure, just keeping track of things. And he 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 lets out a sigh. Just gonna like collect my my tea glass again and sort of climb back onto the couch and just sort of watch them. Oh, no, please don't let me interrupt. This is a chance to learn something new. Oh, no, join us. Absolutely. But who are you exactly? <laughs> Kennethar? Did we, did we skip the introductions? <laughs> no, no, we covered that. He rushed just... me in the room so quickly. As Bronley approaches Kennethar, he puts the teacup down and gives Kennethar a big embrace. It's been an emotional morning, hasn't it? I don't even say anything. I just nod. I don't know how you would show affection with the mask, so I'm assuming I will just lift it up and give him a little kiss and push it back down. I hand the teacup back to you, Kennethar, and I gesture to the couch for us to all sit. Excellent. Well, I take the far position since I am not chained to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Sipping that tea. Just <laughs> sipping that tea. I was just telling you, Larry's, how I... How he's possessed. And abandoned Nyeva. Um Yeah, that part too. Yeah. Yeah, this... this oh. Yeah, that part. Ooh, I've put that together now. Quite the reunion. I know... I know what I did 
please understand it was a very hard decision to come to. I understand. I don't know that I forgive you just yet. But I understand. Especially, you still don't know exactly what it is. Clearly, you haven't been able to get rid of it. Even the Hathren are still trying to figure this out. Nobody knows here what how to get this out of me. Kennethar, can you please give me a perception check? Ooh. Perception or insight, either one. Oh, unfortunately, only a nine. Bronley, you feel it. You're just so overcome with emotion, your mental guards are are dropping. Can I please have a wisdom saving throw? Okay. Whew, 15. That does it. What's it like? What What is that <laughs> internal battle like, and what does it look like to everyone else um, as you fight for that control? As Yolaris is saying that she doesn't necessarily forgive me, I'm overcome with emotion again. I feel a sharp, I guess, pain um, in my head, which is this trying to break through. And I bow my head down uh, as Yolaris is continuing speaking, present this, I wouldn't, I would say just noise. Yeah, I'm going to scoot backwards towards Kennethar a bit. It's fine. He does this all the time. (laughs) All the time? Well, not all the time. I was exaggerating, but it is fine. He's he'll he'll pull through. Just watch. All right. As you as you hear me making that noise, you he, you sort of see uh like the outline of me like fuzz out. Mm. And then back in focus to the being that is Bronley. Maypri and Keela. You are in a courtyard, not the courtyard you arrived in, a separate courtyard, and there are workstations all over the place. And there, There's a smithy. Actually, there's probably half a dozen smithies in this courtyard. This courtyard, even though you're outside and there's snow everywhere, is actually quite warm um, simply because of the, the furnaces that are around you. And there are men, all masked, working away crafting items. When you enter the courtyard, the one man closest to the door, uh, the entranceway, looks up from his work. He wears an owl mask. May I help you? Oh, hi, uh, craftsman man. Uh, yeah, I would love your help. What, um, and I'll approach his stall and I'm going to extend my hand. What can you tell me about this ring on my finger? And he, he looks at you and he, he looks at your extended hand. It, 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 the way you're extending it is almost like he's supposed to take your hand and kiss it almost. So he's, he just kind of glances at it, looks at you, looks at Keela and then looks and squints down at this ring. And he, he takes your hand. He, he looks at it, and he peers closely at it, and he, he hums and haws a bit. And he, he tries to 
twisted on your finger. But when he does that, he realizes it it doesn't move. It's firmly attached, and he <laughs> he frowns at that, and he peers closer. And since, well, maybe Keela, Keela, um, your do you want to give an Arcana check? Yes, I would love that. Nineteen. Damn. You notice he is. You you think he's 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 doing magic. His brows arch. He's essentially casting identify. This. Where did you get this? And he looks straight up at you, Maypri. I got it in a dream. His head tilts quizzically, and then he nods slowly. That makes sense. My face is going to light up a little bit. I'm really, really impressed that this uh, individual has completely understood me uh, from the moment he took my hand. This ring will allow you to walk in a person's dreams. Is there any instructions on how to use it? No, there are not. There are some rituals that the Hathren might be more aware of. There, there are several different ways that something like this could be activated. But this, this magic, it's... I've never seen this weave before. I'm going to reach uh, over next to me and pull Keela in a little bit closer. Okay, well, what about hers? Does hers do the same thing? He takes your hand in the same way that he held Maypri's. And he squints carefully down at it as well. Ah. Oh, this. This is teleportation. <gasps> Keela's eyebrows are going to shoot up and her eyes are going to go wide and her mouth is going to go wide and she's going to let out a huge gasp and she's just so excited by even hearing the word. I do not think it'll work many times. But like... Like your friend's ring, this this magic, the threads that are woven around it are unlike anything that I have seen. This was not made anywhere near here, nor in Thay. So I'm going to go into my pack next, and I'm going to look for my pretty stones. I'm going to hold them out for him and ask him, do, do you know what these are? He He looks down at them. They're turquoise. <laughs> Maypri will choke on her own breath a little bit at that one. <laughs> wow, he's good. How much How much would you buy these for? Oh, well, they'd probably go about 30 gold. I decide to hold on to them for a little longer. I'm totally blanking on Yolari's name. Okay, Yolari's... Who is our wizard? Yolari's. <laughs> Yolari's Bronley and Kennethar. The door opens, and Hathrin Mesa stands at the doorway. I'm gonna say under my breath to Kennethar, doesn't don't any of these doors have locks? I knocked. You did. Bronley scurries to put on his mask. Again? You took it off again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't put it back. Oh, I didn't put it back on when when Kennethar came. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I took it. I took it. I took it off and left it off and answered the door 
not thinking. Right, 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 yeah. right. So I scurry to put the mask on. Catherine Mesa doesn't pay much attention to that. Instead, she looks at Yularis and says, Yularis, please come this way. There is much to discuss. But we've had so little time and we're just getting acquainted. And you'll have more time to be acquainted. I sort of like look over at Bronley and Kennethar and I guess sort of like start moving to get up, but I gesture out for a uh for a hug because I haven't I, I I've only shaken your hand and given you tea. I think I, I'll pause for a second and then like very kind of awkwardly, a little stiffly, like kind of go in for the hug. I don't think Hilary's hugs very much. It's a little uncomfortable, but she'll she'll go for the pat pat and the Bronley, as he as he knows notices this hesitation, is keeps back. He refrains from from getting too embracey, so to speak. Embracey. It's a good word. <laughs> a mutually awkward hug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I'll follow her out with like a look over my shoulder of like see you later I'll be here she takes you Yelaris to her study which is up in a tower it's one of the square towers that overlooks the chasm it is a square room and it is covered completely in tapestries to ward off the cold A fire blazes in the corner with an intricately carved screen in front of it to protect people sitting in front of it from the the flying embers. Catherine Mesa motions for you to have a seat by the fire. Wine, she asks. Please. She picks up a decanter from her desk and pours a glass, while also mixing it with water before she hands it to you. I guess it is still fairly early in the day. I'll take it and, and sip. And... She prepares herself a glass and sits opposite you. You no doubt know that he is possessed. Yeah, he, he mentioned that. I tried briefly to peer at the spirit, but then we were interrupted. It is a hateful spirit, and stubborn, and it has resisted all of our efforts to expel it from your father. It is old. There is, however, a way that we know will work, but we have been unable to try it until now. Huh? How come? She studies you a moment before she responds. It is an old ritual that we have not done in hundreds of years. The Durthan play with such magics, but they are dangerous and they do have their own costs. If we prepare and are vigilant, we should be fine. It is only a spirit, after all. And we, Hathryn, and her corner of her lip perks upwards, we know our spirits. What does this ritual entail? 
The ritual requires the blood of a relative of the possessed. Now we come to it. Not a lot, but it is enough to leave the relative or you in a slightly weakened state. You would recover after a few days of rest. And what would you do with this blood? We would use it to lure the spirit. We want to thank Ross from Dice for Brains and Jeremy from The Dice of Kind for joining us. Ross played Kennethar and Jeremy played Bronley. So, it looks like our next episode is going to be up on... I'm looking at the wrong month. Okay, okay, okay. I, I think that's the 11th. I think... Yeah, today's the 28th, so the 11th! We'll see you August 11th. The Broadsword is a member of the RPG Academy Network. The network facilitates the sharing of knowledge, passion, and experience in the role-playing game hobby by helping to create and promote quality content that is both entertaining and educational. The network is inclusive and fosters an environment welcoming to new and existing members of the hobby. The Broadswords perfectly represent the network, and we're proud to work and play alongside them. Hello there, I'm Ross from Dice for Brains. We make actual play shows with an inclusive group of new and veteran players that focus on character and story development. If you and I'm RT, more, the star of Dice for Brains. No, RT, you're an NPC. We've been over all of this. Uh. Plus, you're only in the Star Wars seasons. We've played Fate, Dungeon World, Genesis, even a little D&D. Do you want to read the last bit at least? <gasps> you can find Dice for Brains on your podcast platform of choice or at diceforbrains.com. Good job, buddy. Thanks. Are you the daughter of Naeva? Naeva? Can we reach out? Sorry, I forgot my own mother's name. What? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know that name. Wait a minute. I don't know what my mother's name is. That's probably her name. (laughs) (laughs) The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.